The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. And as we've said in prior shows, when we talk about forgetting patience, we aren't saying be impatient. We're saying be proactive. And I'm really excited about our topic tonight because, as we've said before, our primary goal is to help you be the best you can possibly be in sales, business, and even life in 2013 and beyond. And the title of our show tonight is Tough Times Don't Last, But Good Negotiators Do. We're going to be talking about negotiation strategies and tactics tonight, which is critical. And I love this topic. As a matter of fact, I really love doing this workshop because I find more light bulbs go on with my audience in this workshop than any of the other ones that I do. And let's face it. Today's economy is taking its toll on most companies. Therefore, most corporations are constantly looking for ways to reduce or contain costs. And even we as consumers, we're looking, how can we get more for less? And many of them have opted to do so to get more for less by squeezing the profit margins of their suppliers, which is normally us as a sales professional or a business owner. And their companies... These companies may have dozens to thousands of suppliers. And think about it for a second. If they can get an extra percent or two in discounting from each of their suppliers, that can be worth tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions or even billions to a company. And as a result, many sales professionals, many business owners are struggling to stay in business today and to attain a reasonable profit. So my goal today is to help you fight back. Now, my qualifications regarding this, I have basically taken dozens of sales negotiation courses. I'm certified in uh, sales negotiations by Achieve Global. I have developed two of my own courses and One of the interesting things with my first course, I actually went and interviewed people in purchasing and procurement and asked them to share with me some of the strategies and tactics that they use on sales professionals, businesses to erode their margins. And they shared them with me. And I I have to tell you something. I even interviewed an individual that was a leader. He was a deacon in my church. And he said in this particular thing, in this particular interview, he said, Ty, I'm sorry, but I lie to salespeople. He said, because it's my job to get the best possible price for my company, and I'll do what I have to. Now, understand that these individuals who are working to erode your margins, they get incentives for doing so. They get promotions, they get salary increases, they get bonuses based on how much they can show the company that they saved them in a given year. And as I mentioned, I conduct workshops on negotiations on a regular basis, and it's customary for me to take a poll on how many of the workshop participants have actually taken courses or read books on negotiations. And surprisingly, 87% of the participants have never taken a course or actually even opened a book on the subject of negotiations. This is something that we are doing on a day-in, day-out basis, 
and we're taking chances with it. And some of my audience has been business owners or even sales for as long as 35 years. Now, many of the participants, when I started talking about the different tactics that their customers are using on them, uh, they'll normally either smile or look shocked as we be begin to discuss the tactics that are being used. The smile or the shocked look, in most cases, indicate that they recognize the tactic and probably have fallen prey to it at least once, if not dozens of times. They had no idea that these actions were part of a larger strategy to get a lower price. And the consequence basically is lower revenue for their company, lower commission checks, and basically it's str they're struggling with it. They're struggling to survive with less working capital. In some cases, because we don't know this skill set well enough, we have to lay off employees we have to stretch our lines of credit and in some cases even close our doors. But now we have to change our mindset and our approach and understand that we can no longer act like a salesperson. And I said that on, in our first meeting. You are no longer a salesperson. You are now a business person who happens to sell. See, as salespeople, we want everybody to like us and we want to make them happy even to our detriment, even if it costs us. But as a business person now who happens to sell, you are a business person and you have your own for-profit company. And the, the goal of any for-profit company is to make a reasonable profit. So instead of it being a win-lose, now our focus is to make it a win-win. So I'm going to talk about several aspects to be more successful in negotiations today. I'm first going to start with some of the facts about negotiating. Understand that you are negotiating all the time. From the first time you meet a new client or prospect, the negotiation begins. They are sizing you up, and in many cases, they're determining which strategy they're going to use on you. Are they going to use the good guy, bad guy? Are they going to use the big pot? Are they going to use the crunch? Are they going to use the bogey? Are they going to use the bait and switch? That, that happens the first time they meet you. And negotiation is a part of the entire process. Uh, I have... I'm familiar with some training companies, and they believe that negotiations is a step towards the end of the sales process. No, it's happening the entire time. And there are three key factors to being effective in negotiations, power, information, and time. And let's take those individually. Power. It's, it's your customer's job to make you feel as a supplier, as a sales professional, that you absolutely have no power. All the power lies with them. As a matter of fact, what you have is a commodity, and they can go down the street and get it from someone else and be just as happy. And once you fall into that line of thinking, you've lost and they've won. Understand that you have power. You have as much power as they do, because if they weren't really interested in what you offer, they wouldn't be talking to you. Now, I'm going to share a secret with you on how to be extremely successful in negotiations. And if you will do this one thing, you don't have to listen to this particular radio show. You don't have to take another course in negotiations. You don't even have to read a book in negotiations. If you do this one thing, you'll automatically be an exceptional negotiator. And that's always have a full funnel of sales opportunities. Always have a full pipeline of sales opportunities. If you have a full funnel, you automatically become a great negotiator. Because you know if this opportunity doesn't work out, you have 5, 10, 15, 20 more that look just like that, look just like this particular opportunity. So as a result, your confidence shows through. 
And there's something interesting about confidence. People are naturally attracted to confidence. They are naturally attracted to it. At the same time, people also sense when you lack confidence and their first thing to do is to reject you. So understand you do have power. We also talked about information. As a rule, in negotiations, whoever has the most information and the best information and the most accurate information does the best job negotiating. Some of the things that I do when I'm preparing to to negotiate with a company, I'll go to their website. I'll look at current news events. I'll gather as much data as I possibly can about that organization. Another thing that I do is I establish coaches either inside that organization or uh, someone who has keen insight into that organization. They may not work for them, may not be a part of them, but they can give me good, accurate information. Okay, so we have to get this information and it's critical. All right. So normally, whoever has the most information and the best information does the best job negotiating. Also, time is a factor. A lot of times uh, a client may ask you just in a conversational tone. So, uh, Ty, I'm just curious. Uh, when does your year end? And we may say, well, my, my year ends um, December 31. Or they may ask you, when does your quarter end? If I say my quarter ends uh, the end of March, they know as a rule, as business people, as sales professionals, we have goals, quarterly goals, annual goals, and we will do whatever it takes in many instances to hit that goal. So they know we will be far more vulnerable. We'll be far more uh, aggressive in discounting in those situations. So they are using time against us in that case. Uh, another thing, when we can use time against them, if we know that we can meet a deadline for that particular customer better than anyone else, we can deliver faster. That's a strength that we have, and we need to maximize that. I'll share a quick story with you, interesting story. I had a a friend of mine who used to have to go to Japan to negotiate, and the first time he went, uh, they met him at the airport, and they said, oh, Tommy-san, welcome to Japan. And their first question was, when are you leaving? <laughs> he said, oh, he got there on a Monday. He said, I'm leaving on Friday. He said, so are we ready? to?" Get? They said, no, no, let's hold off of that, the, their business for a minute. Let us show you Japan. They showed him Japan for a day. All right, he's on Tuesday. Oh, so are we re- No, no, let us show you our plant and our facilities and how we operate. So... They kept taking up the time with non-relevant things. And then all of a sudden, Friday morning, they sat down to negotiate with him. And the pressure was on him. So as a matter of fact, he gave a lot of concessions that he normally would not have done because he felt the pressure to get this done. So I asked him, I said, wow, that was a pretty good tactic. So how did you deal with that in the future? When I got there and they said, Tommy-san, welcome to Japan. When are you leaving? He said, I don't know. He said, I have an open ticket, so I'm here as long as I need to be. (laughs) So understand the three key factors to being able to negotiate well is power. And believe it or not, you have power. Information. Whoever has the best information will negotiate the best in time. And the other thing we want to do is this. We want to negotiate rationally. And when I talk about negotiating rationally, what I mean is this. We want to keep the emotion out of our negotiations. Do not negotiate based on emotion. We want to use logic because what happens if emotion comes into it, if emotion and logic come into conflict nine times out of ten, Emotion is going to win over. If you're fearful, fearful that you're going to lose this opportunity, so I need to drop my price, that's exactly what you're going to do. And understand that we teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to treat us. And, man, this is going really quickly. So what we're going to do is we're going to take 
our first break. And then when I come back, we're going to continue talking about negotiating rationally and keeping the emotion out of it. Uh, so you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. We're going to take a short break. And you're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking about negotiations, and the title of this show is Tough Times Don't Last, But Good Negotiators Do. And by the way, this topic is so vast. It's so expansive. There's no way I can cover it uh, and do it justice in an hour. Uh, my training in this goes back probably 15 years. And as I mentioned, I have dozens of books, taken dozens of courses, but I have a program designed to help you get more proficient in this skill to protect your commissions, to protect your profit margins. So after the show, feel free to go to my website, tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R-G-R-O-U-P.com and go to my online store. And on my online store, I have an amazing course called don't take it on the chin. Negotiate a win-win. It's a three-CD course that talks about the primary skill sets necessary to be successful consistently in negotiations. It talks about the process of negotiating, the typical negotiating styles that you run up against, how to plan for a negotiation session, how to avoid deadlocks, how to actually conduct the, the negotiation session, buyer tactics and how to counter them. So it's called Don't Take It on the Chin, Negotiate a Win-Win, Go to the Online Store. And another thing I'd like to make you aware of is I will be giving a keynote presentation for CFA Tampa Champa Chapter on February the 27th. CFA stands for Commercial Finance Association. And the title of my speech will be How to Beat Your Competition to a Pulp. That's right. How to Beat Your Competition to a Pulp. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be on the 27th at 1130 a.m. to 115 p.m. at the Center Club 
downtown Tampa, 123 Southwest Shore Boulevard. All right. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, we were talking about negotiating rationally means void of emotion. Okay, there are several things that we have to make sure we keep out of the out of the negotiations. That's emotion, pride, and ego, because those three things will cause it to go awry. All right. And what we also want to do is make sure we're making the best decisions. We want both parties to win, but we want to make sure we're making the best decisions to maximize our interest. And also understand that both sides are under pressure. In many cases, when someone is talking to you about your products or services, they truly have a need for your products or services. And in many cases, they need it sooner than later. Now, in my interviews with procurement people, people who are in, in charge of purchasing for uh, companies, especially the major corporations, they said that they really can't stand it. When we're successful in getting beyond them and up to top level executives, because if we can tell our story to a top executive and get them to see the long term value and the actual return on investment, that makes it hard for purchasing to do their job because they will call that purchasing agent and say, "Okay, we understand that you have to do your job to get the cost down. But just keep in mind, at the end of the day. We want to do business with XYZ company. And if we're successful in getting a top-level executive to endorse us in that fashion, it makes it difficult for the lower-level people to beat on us. So those are some facts about negotiations. What I want to do is I want to talk about some what I call sales negotiation crimes. All right. So now as we go through these, I want you to ask yourself, am I guilty of this? Or these crimes? And if I am guilty, was it a misdemeanor or was it a felony? And based on the severity of my guilt, should I just get some community service time? Or should I get life sentence or even the needle? Only you can answer that question. But be honest with yourself. So let's talk about some of the negotiation crimes that we can commit. The first one is inadequate planning. Actually walking into a negotiation without a written game plan. You should have a game plan of what it is you want to accomplish, what it is you want to walk away and that will help you feel good about the transaction. And at what point is this no longer good business? And at the point where you get to where it's no longer profitable or good business, that's the point that you need to walk away from the negotiations. Now, keep, now please understand this. I negotiate on both sides. Okay, I, I'm a real estate investor. I have three companies. So I'm always negotiating. Um, and a lot of times I want to find out where your floor is. But when I'm trying to find out where someone's floor is, they don't tell me. So as a result, they have a tendency to end up in the basement and you don't make any money in the basement. Now, it's I want people to make money, but I need them to let me know at what point it's no longer good business for them. And if they don't let me know that, then that's on them and not on me. So have a game plan. Know at what point you need to walk away. The other thing is weak information gathering. We talked about that. Do your homework before you enter into negotiations on any topic. If you're looking to buy a car, do your homework. A home, if you're working on a new company, a client, do your homework. Another crime is basically failing to negotiate internally first. That means if you have a business partner, that means if you have a design team or installation department or you have someone else who's going to have to help you bring this particular project or this transaction to a successful fruition. If you go on your own and negotiate with the client or someone else and then you, you strike a deal, then you come back and tell your business partner or, or whoever the entity is, hey, I told them we can deliver it next week. And then the other person says, Ooh, you shouldn't have told them that because it's going to be three weeks before we can get to them. 
you just put yourself in a really bad position. Or you told them, I said we can give them an extra 5% off in discounting. And then the, the, uh, your CFO said, you shouldn't have told them that because we're at the point now, if we give another two points, this is no longer good business. We're losing money. So make sure you always negotiate internally first. If you're married, make sure you're clear with your mate on what's the walkaway point and what it is you're looking to accomplish. Otherwise, you're going to be in a world of hurt. The other thing is this. Too many times we have a rigid mindset when we're talking about negotiations. And in order to be successful in negotiating, we need to be extremely flexible. We need to be always looking for from a vantage point of how both sides can win. You see, in the past, we were always just, okay, as long as the customer is happy. No, the customer has to be happy. Your company has to be happy. And the salesperson has to be happy. It has to be a win, win, win. And if all three entities aren't satisfied with the transaction, it was not a good transaction. So we have to allow for what I call wiggability. We can't be so rigid uh, like concrete or granite. You know how hard granite is? It, it's not moving. But you know how a jello mold is? A jello mold keeps its structure, but it has that wiggability to it. Yeah, I like that wiggability. <laughs> wiggability. All right. So how flexible can you be in where both parties can win? All right. Uh, and also this. If a customer says to you, let's say for a moment, uh, the customer says, hey, I, I'm willing to pay $90 for your widget. And you were really hoping for 80 If they say 90 and you say, okay, it's a deal, they're going to automatically say one of two things. Oh, I left money on the table. <laughs> Something is wrong with this. He jumped on that too quick. And so the rule of thumb is this. Never say yes to the first offer too quickly. Never jump on it because they're going to automatically think I left money on the table. Even if it's something that you can do and you're willing to do, take pause, pull out your calculator, give it careful consideration. Otherwise, they're going to feel like you took them, they didn't get the best deal, and throughout that relationship, they're going to always be looking for ways to nickel and dime you to try to get back what they, in their own perception, feel they lost. All right? Another, another crime, and I hope you're doing okay so far, is giving concessions too early. A concession basically is anything that of value that you give away. You just give it to them. And please understand that there is nothing free. I hear stuff about free service, free design. There is nothing free. Everything has a cost associated to it. And your customers need to be aware of that. And keep in mind that I've also seen um, some of the companies that have hired me to help them get better in negotiations. I've seen where they give all of these concessions away at the beginning of the process. And they call it their value-add bundle package. They're giving away 10 things that cost them money, and they're giving it to the customer at no charge. So understand this. Anything you give away on the front end automatically loses value. It means very little to the customer or the other person that you're negotiating with. I would recommend if you were prepared to give away free design or free consulting, uh, don't do that. Have a cost associated with it and have it line item on your proposal. And then at some point, you may come back and negotiate that. And before you negotiate it and give it all away, how about giving 20% off? How about 40% off? Maybe even 50% off before you just give it away for free. Because anything you give away for free automatically loses value. Automatically loses value. All right. We have some more crimes that we're going to talk about. But it's time for us to take a quick break. 
You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. And our title today is Tough Times Don't Last, But Good Negotiators Do. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to you listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And today we're talking about how to be more successful in negotiations, how to protect your commissions, how to protect your profit margins, how to keep the clients and skilled negotiators from eroding both of these things. And we were just talking about some sales negotiation crimes. And I want you to say, okay, am I guilty of any of these? And we were just talking about giving concessions too early. Hold back on things. Do not give away things because Everything has a value. Everything has a cost associated with it. And in reality, sometimes if you're giving away 10 things, only three of them may have value to the customer. So the seven other things you gave away was wasted money, wasted energy. And in many cases, they were probably willing to pay for. The next crime is responding too fast to demands. Now, anytime you're in a negotiation process and the other party, the OP, the other party brings up a demand or brings up something to the equation that you haven't had a chance to consider, do not respond too fast. Do not respond without counting the cost of what they're requesting or asking. They've already counted the cost. You haven't. And if you make the mistake of responding too quickly, it can cost you a lot of money. And I'll give you a perfect example. There was uh, a client that I took on after the fact, and this came out while I was teaching negotiations. They were meeting with a client in New York City. The client flew from Los Angeles to New York City to have this negotiation with them. The CEO of, CEO of the company was involved in the negotiation. On the other party's side, they had the president, the CFO, and the VP of operations. Uh, they also had two new additional people that they brought. And these two new additional people had additional demands that had never been talked about before. 
The CEO said, well, you know, we weren't prepared for those, so we're going to have to talk about this, take a break and talk about this. And and then the president of the other party said, hold on a second, we flew here all the way from Los Angeles to get this done. And are you telling me as CEO of your company, you can't make a decision? And basically what he was doing, the president of the other company, he was appealing to the CEO's ego. And the CEO thought about it, and he's like, you know what? We'll do it. And he made a decision. He responded too fast. And what his response should have been was to that president, you know, you're right. Um, I am CEO of this company, and as CEO, it's my responsibility to fight, to hire capable and competent people to help me make the best decision for my company and my clients. So as a result, I will have to confer with my CFO and my VP of operations. Do not make a decision without counting the cost, which comes to the next crime. And that's not taking a time out. Anytime someone brings an equation to the table that you haven't had a chance to consider, you must take a timeout. A timeout is basically a break, a break for you to get away from the action and to carefully consider what has just been proposed. It may be you saying you need to go to the restroom for just a second. It may be, it may be you saying, okay, you know, this is an interesting proposal. If you don't mind me stepping out for a moment, I need to confer with someone at my home office or at my office. And get away from it. It gives you a chance to carefully consider what they're saying as well as your options when you re-engage them. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is not taking a timeout. Always take a timeout anytime something new from the other party's side has been added to an equation. Another thing we're going to talk about as far as a crime is winning at all costs. I can't tell you how many times I've been consulting someone and I hear out of their, their mouth, well, you know, we've been working on this project now for six months, a year, 18 months, and we need to win this even if we make no money. That is nonsense. That's nonsense. You are a for-profit organization or you are a commissioned salesperson. It makes no sense to do anything and not make a reasonable profit at the point where you realize it's no longer good business. That's the point where you walk away from it and you'd be amazed how many people will call you back when you walk away. Because like me, they're trying to find out where is your floor? What's your walk away point? And once they find out what your walk away point, they say, oh, that was it. <laughs> and they will call you back. But if we don't walk away, if we have this win at all cost mindset, you're going to get caught up into things that's going to cost you a lot of money, a lot of time, and there was no profit. I had one guy that was in one of my classes, and uh, he learned this from the class, and he was competing against one of his friends that worked for another competing company. Uh, it got to the point where it was no longer good business, and he walked away from it. His friend who had not taken my course said, I need to win this thing. I have too much time invested in it. Well, guess what? Be careful what you ask for because he did win it. And instead of the, the project taking three months, it ended up taking six months. They lost a major amount of money and it precluded him from finding other embedded better opportunities because he was tied to something that was unprofitable. So these were some of the negotiation crimes, inadequate planning, weak information gathering. We talked about that. Failing to negotiate internally first, having a game plan with your teammates. We also talked about having that rigid mindset where it's my way or the highway. If they don't do it this way, then they can let their doorknob hit them in the where the good Lord split them. It don't have that mindset. All right. Also, giving concessions too early. Be mindful of just trying to package things to get people to, to, to want you because you're throwing away stuff that in many cases they have no interest in. 
We also talked about responding too fast to demands, all right? Not calling timeouts. And last but not least, winning at all costs. So how did you do? Were you guilty of any of these and was it just a misdemeanor or was it a felony? Now let's talk about some of the actual tactics that's being used. And and some of these are going to resonate with you. And if you want to understand the whole, well, not the whole thing, but again, I have a program called Don't Take It on the Chin, Negotiate a Win-Win that will go into greater detail on many of the the tips and the techniques and, and, and the concepts that we're talking about. It's at TyMainerGroup.com. Go to the online store. And when you get to the online store, click on audio and you'll see Don't Take It on the Chin, Negotiate a Win-Win. All right, so let's talk about some of the tactics. When I met with procurement officers and people who were skillful in in negotiations, they would tell me the things that they were using on business owners and salespeople to erode their margins. And one of the the successful tips was called the uh, bait and switch. And what they would do is this. They would say, okay, Ty, this opportunity is huge. It's the mother of all opportunities. And it's going to be a, a, a big win for whoever gets this. So, Ty, I'm just telling you one time, you're going to have to be extremely aggressive in your pricing if you want to win this. We aren't going to keep coming back and forth to you negotiating. As a matter of fact, we aren't going to negotiate. You give us your best price out of the shoot. And if you don't, you're done. All right. So guess what? We go in extremely aggressive because they said this opportunity is going to be so monstrous and so big. And then as soon as they get our numbers, then they say, oh, uh, you know what? The project has been uh, decreased to an extremely small size. And they now want you to keep the same discounting for this much, much smaller project. And shame on us because we do it. We, we erode our margins tremendously for an extremely small project. And that's called the bait and switch. They tell you it's going to be this major opportunity. Then once they get your proposal, they shrink it down and we still give them that discount. Now, the opposite of that technique is called the pie in the sky technique. Now, in the pie in the sky technique, what they tell you is, okay, Ty, uh, this initial opportunity with our company is really small. It's really small. We're just going to be up front with you. But a year from now, 18 months from now, Ty, we have the mother of all projects. And whoever wins this tiny, tiny project, you'll be grandfathered in to the big project. So here, because of the pie in the sky, this opportunity that's a year down the road, six months down the road, somewhere down the road, we go in extremely aggressive on the nothing project. And as a rule, when we win it, we don't make any money in hopes that we'll make it on the other project. But guess what? That big project, somehow it gets tabled, it gets frozen, it goes away. And even if they were real with it, they invite everybody else back to the dance for the big project. And it just goes on and on and on. And we continue to fall for this. And they say the definition of, an, of insanity is if you keep doing the same thing, if you keep allowing the same thing to be done to you, but you expect a different result. That is insanity. All right. And understand something. We teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to treat us because in most cases we're saying to ourselves, well, okay, I'll go in on an extremely low margin. We actually convince ourselves of this. That's, that's going to get us into the relationship earning low margins or commissions, and we think that's a good strategy to win the business. They believe that, that, will, that once we get in or once you get in, you will increase your margins over a period of time 
while conducting business with this client. And although it seems like a good plan initially, the improved margins rarely come. Realistically, as I said before, the way you start a business relationship is usually how it's going to be. And as a matter of fact, in most cases, it gets worse before it gets better because we taught them how to treat us. Therefore, if your client begins the relationship by squeezing your margins, by reducing your commission checks to virtually nothing, they will continue to do so during your future business transactions. And that's just the way it is. All right. So let's talk about concessions. We're going to talk about some concession strategies, but I also want to give you a couple of other little tidbits about how they work with us and how they impact us. What we're going to do first before I do that, uh, I don't want to stop. We have a break coming up. So it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard, and I am your host, Ty Maynard. And we're talking about tough times don't last, but good negotiators do. We've been talking about how to protect our commissions, how to protect our profit margins, and especially in a, a down or a tough economy. We also identified that in many cases, uh, our customers have procurement people, purchasing directors, purchasing agents who are trained. They spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year training these people in negotiations. And their goal is to protect their company's profitability by eroding your commission checks, your margins. So it's time for us to enhance our skill set so we can be more effective. Uh, one of the biggest uh, techniques also that they use, we talked about the, uh, the bait and switch. We talked about pie in the sky. Uh, another technique that they use is called nibbling. And this basically happens when you're close to the end of the sale. And they'll basically give you the impression that the sale is, is, is yours. You've won it. And as a rule, what happens is we exhale. <sighs> 
Now, once you have exhaled, your guard comes down. Your guard comes down. And at some point, they're going to say to you, oh, you know what? Hey, let me ask you a question. Would it be possible for you to also throw in delivery? Would you, could you also give us an extra point? Could you enhance by the, the, the opportunity or the deal by doing this for us? And in most cases, we're thinking to ourselves, oh my goodness, I thought I was done with this. I don't want to go back into negotiations. It's just easier for me to give it to them. And what happens is they start nibbling on you for this little tiny thing, that little tiny thing, this little tiny thing. And by themselves, individually, they don't seem like much that the client's asking for. But all of a sudden, you concede to all of them. And then when you go back to your office and you do the math, you realize they put, they put a pretty big dent in your profitability. As a matter of fact, when you left the meeting, you walked away saying, why do I feel so lightheaded? It's because of all of the bite marks all over your body because they nibbled you to death. Now, I do it. I use the technique. It's so easy. And, and I'll give you a quick story of how I used it with a car dealer. And I'll share, share with you what he should have done to counter my nibbling. All right. Uh, several years ago, I had a, a, a loved one that had a horrific accident. They T-boned another vehicle doing 55 miles an hour. The car was totaled, but they walked away without a scratch. The only in- injuries they had was to their wrist because they saw the accident about to happen, so they tensed up. So both of their wrists were sprained. I obviously wanted that same type of vehicle. If they could walk away from that type of accident, I wanted the same type of vehicle. So I went back to that car dealer, and uh, the guy was happy to see anyone who wanted to buy a car. He didn't even ask me any questions. I said, I want to buy a car. He didn't ask me why, what, what prompted this decision. I would have given him any information. Uh, so I asked a lot of questions. He asked none. Remember I said whoever gets the most information does the best job, right? So we get down to the point where we're negotiating, and it took maybe 45 minutes, an hour. I think I walked out once, and and then finally we came to terms. I said, okay, that looks good. Let's do it. Um, and he exhaled. <sighs> I let a couple of minutes go by, and I said, oh, you know what? My my other vehicle had tenant windows, and this one doesn't have tenant windows. I'd like for you to throw that in. I said, you can do that. And he did it. And then I let a couple more minutes go by. I said, oh, you know what? I also wanted this, and I also wanted that. And he he did it, but he could have stopped me from nibbling on him at any time if he had good information. If he had asked me when I first came on the lot, I'm just curious, what what puts you in the market for a vehicle today? I would have told him. I said I had a a relative that was in a really bad accident and uh, the car was total, but they walked away with it scratch-free, without a scratch. And he would have clearly identified my real need in a vehicle was safety. My real need was security. So if he had gathered that information on the front end, when I started trying to nibble on him, what he should have done was instead of instead of conceding to custom mats, tenant windows, he should have taken me back to the real need that I had. He could have said something to the fact that, Ty, I, I can appreciate how the custom mats and the CD changer and tenant windows are really nice things to have. You know, but correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. The real reason you're back here today is because of the safety we build into our vehicles that really allow one of your loved ones to survive a pretty horrific accident. You know, let, let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to move forward with this vehicle again because of the safety we build in it, even though I can't give you mats, <laughs> tenant windows, and a CD package? The answer would have been yes. I would have bought the vehicle Anyway, but my question is this, why buy the vehicle 
and why buy the other accessories if you can normally get people to just throw them in? So one of the ways to handle that nibbling, which happens, is always keep your customer on point with what's really important. What's really important. All right. And I, and I give you an example. You want, if, 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 if you do want, if you do give them a concession, always try to get something back in return. Always try to get something back in return. That's called a trade-off. All right. You want to try to get a trade-off. And I'll give an example that happened with one of my, my, my students that had gone through my course. He called me and he said, this was a really large opportunity. He called me and he said, Ty, I'm going to be negotiating a little later on. And he said, uh, it's a $5 million opportunity. And the client wants me to give them an additional $75,000 in discount. I said, okay. I said, do you have it to give? And they say, yes, but I don't want to give that. I said, I understand. I said, okay, now let's say for a moment you did give them that extra $75,000. What would you like in return for giving that to them? And he said, well, there's another $2 million uh, as a part of, that's a part of this project. They aren't even allowing us to participate in. I would really like that. I said, okay. He said, what? Really? I said, yes. I said, absolutely. Go for it. And this is what I want you to say to them. When you re-engage them, when you meet with them today, tell them, I understand you have a need for an additional $75,000 in discounting to meet budgetary restraints. At the same time, as you know, we are a for-profit company and we have to receive a certain level of profitability in order to take care of you now and into the future. Suppose for a moment there was a way for both of us to get our needs met. Would you be willing to entertain it? I said they're going to say yes because they want to know what you what you have, what you want to offer. And then you tell them, okay, we will give you the $75,000 if you give us the additional $2 million. I said because that's new and they haven't had a chance to think about it, they'll take a time out. And they'll come back in and don't say anything until they re-engage you. The bottom line is this. That student of mine called me back later on that day and said, Ty, I had an out-of-body experience. He said, we gave them the $75,000 additional discounting and they gave us the whole project for $7 million. So the goal in negotiations, as we said at the beginning of the show, is to have a win-win. And you can't win if you are timid, and I have a saying, timid salespeople, timid business people have skinny kids. So we want to make it a win-win. We don't want to continue to do things the way we've always done it. Because if you do things the way you always did it, you're going to get what you always got. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we're at the end of the show. I have a product that is phenomenal that will help you get more proficient. You should be reading books regarding negotiations because this is something that you do every day. All right. I have a program called Don't Take It on the Chin. Negotiate a win-win. It's on my website at www.tymaynergroup.com. All right. Go to the online store and order it. It needs to be a part of your repertoire. All right. So I hope this is giving you some good insight. And this is just the beginning of your venture into improving your negotiation skills. You don't have to lay down and take it. You have power. All right. So thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Make sure you tune in next week. Tell others about the show. All right. Tell your managers, tell your friends, our goal is to help you in your quest to be the best. I look forward to speaking with you next Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is Ty Maynard. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. And in the meantime, between now and next week, forget patience. Let's sell something. See you soon.
Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. We'll be right back.